Welcome to the Freedom Now podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Fair, and I truly believe you can have freedom now, no matter what chaos is in your life. I've journeyed through chronic illness, through the death of my brother, through starting up my own business, as well as being a wife and a mother of four. And so I know a lot about chaos and crazy, (laughs) but I also have learned a lot about freedom and I'm excited to share it with you because I truly believe this place can be a weekly oasis of hope, encouragement, and laughter for you where you're going to glean powerful and practical tips and tools as you listen to my story and the story of others. Thanks so much for joining and enjoy this episode. Our podcast is sponsored by Yaya Marketing, whose passion is to create, market, and distribute content that matters. Yaya Marketing supports Christian ministries with ideas, content, and strategic advice, along with social media marketing of all sorts. Visit their website today at www.yayamarketing.ca. Carla Rand is the founder of Power Fitness Online, and she is the one who will be interviewing me in this episode. Carla digs into my story of chronic illness and my desire during that time to work out and the frustration that ensued. She'll also dig into my motivation now to have a healthy lifestyle, and we'll just have a good time together. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, I have Andrea Fair here, and Andrea and I reconnected because we actually went to Bible college together a long time ago, right, Andrea? Yes, we did. Yeah, and so she was, we we met there, and then all of a sudden she turned up in my Facebook feed or something, and I was like, I should be friends with her. And then she joined my 21 day challenge for my fitness stuff, and I, so I was able to connect with her. So it was really cool. So, Andrea, I'm so happy to have you. Welcome to the Carla Rand Show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, and you've done a lot of things, you've written a book. You've got kids, your wife, you're a mom, you're busy, you got lots going on. And we could talk about some of that, but let's just kind of go back a little bit and tell me about like where you grew up, what was your family like, that kind of stuff. Give us some context. Um, actually, as I, when I was checking you out on your Facebook thing live, I was loved that you were reaching out to women who were busy because I'm like, I get that. And I'm a woman and a mom and small towns because I grew up in a small town in Three Hills, Alberta, and then we bounced around to Gwynn outside of Wetaskiwin and a few more different bounces along the way. So our family um, was kind of in one spot for my elementary school, and then I was actually in a different school every year from grade seven on. So that was a little bit crazy. Oh, wow. Um, I had three brothers, and I really loved riding my bike, especially actually in Three Hills was the only place that I got to ride my bike, but every day back and forth from school across town to see a friend and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. My parents actually eventually um, started fostering. So I, my brothers went from three to, I had six brothers at that point. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then eventually about, I don't know, there was actually even more than that. We had maybe five foster kids at one point. So it's, it was a happening household that I grew up in. Well, it's interesting because you've always been quite like outgoing and like really comfortable. Like when I go to talk to you, it's not like, oh, we got to sort of do the social graces and we got to do the small talk. You're just kind of like, hey, yeah, like how's it going, right? And I wonder if like you're moving around and having the foster kids and having such a busy happening household, that's probably played a role in that, hey? I bet it has. I never thought of that. I will actually, I thought of it in some angles, but when I was thinking of um, me as a kid, I'm like, as a kid, I was really an observer. I was more of just like, 
taking this in, seeing where I want to go, seeing how it should work. But at some point, yeah, especially with the moves, it was like, you better get out there because that's how life works. And making friends is about being available for people and letting them into your life. So I do see that now as an adult. And it's interesting when I hang out with people who haven't moved anywhere or I, or I join different I don't know, just different events. It's interesting to see the difference between people who have been like in the same town forever and people who have been like, we just, we've been lots of places. So we're a little bit more, I don't know, I'm willing to open up in that way, I guess. And I'm a pretty open person. So <laughs> yeah, <that> helps. <laughs> it's like, yeah, how much of it is nature and how much of it is nurture, right? How much is your genes and how much of it is like, yeah, well, you know what? I grew up where like, I was born and raised in Edson, and I went away for school and came back to Edson. So, like, I'm one of those people that maybe had a hard time kind of getting out of her shell. Plus, I was homeschooled for a lot of my life, homeschool and small Christian school. So, you know, like, I was not in the public eye. I was nervous. I was, like, more of a quiet, shy kind of kid. So, like, I had to change that. That was part of my my journey is, like, figuring it out. Like, okay, how do I how do I do this? But we went to Bible college. So why don't you tell me, like, what brought you to Bible college? Why Bible college? Um, honestly, well, my parents, my dad actually was a cook out of college when we were in Three Hills. And that was like kind of my golden years. And so that was, I was going to live there forever and go to Bible school and get married and just only live there. And that so didn't happen. But part of that dream remained. And that was that I just really wanted to go to a place where I could just, yeah, learn about the Bible, be in a community with people who are, were like-minded. Mm-hmm. And so my first year of Bible school, I actually went to Mount Carmel in Edmonton. It was just a one-year program. It was incredible. It was tiny. So you, it was like, you just had to, it was like, it was just intense. You had to get out of your comfort zone and they really, and it was in the city, which was totally new for me, but they had lots of um, service projects that we did, which just like, I don't know. I just got to see different perspectives, different um, angles to our faith and things. And it was amazing that way. Mm-hmm. And I went home for a year and then um, my dad and I, my dad was a director at a Bible camp at the time at Echo Lake Bible Camp in BC. And so we did our camp tour visiting different Bible schools. And I had found out that my credits from Mount Carmel were, were transferable to PRBI. So we went there and we went to chapel. And I just remember walking in and being like, whoa, I need to be here. <laughs> like it was just a very surreal <laughs> angel singing in the clouds moment where I was just like, whoa, this this is where people are really choosing Jesus. And mm-hmm. I wanted to be a part of it. And PRBI stands for Peace River Bible Institute, which is up just north of Grand Prairie in a little town called Sexsmith, Alberta. And so when I went there for my first year, I was right out of high school. So I was like, uh, I would have been just barely 18, but you would have been uh, probably like 20, maybe when you went. Um, I, I turned 20 my first year in at, at PRBI because I remember being sad that I was going to be ancient. But, <laughs> so, <okay>. so old <laughs> at 20, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And you were there for two years. I think you were there. Yeah. Yep, that's okay. right. Two years, and then we got married and came back about two years later, and Calvin finished up. And you met Calvin at Bible College, isn't that right? I totally did. I my, dad, my dad dropped me off. He was like, as he's driving me off, he's like, okay, well, go get your man. I'm like, Dad, I am not even, don't even say that. And then sure enough, the first week of school, it, yeah, anyway. <laughs> 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. Bad it's not a bad thing. Well, I met my husband there too. So, you know, Jason right? and I met there. So. It's it's a great place to meet guys or guys to meet girls. It's great, right? The only thing is I was worried about the bubble. People talk about like the Bible college bubble, right? And so I remember I was really worried about that. And Jason was kind of worried about that. So we started dating actually in our like before our second year. And uh, 
hardly ever saw each other because he was tree planting all summer. And so then we kind of came back in the fall. It was kind of like, hey, who are you again? <laughs> but anyways, we were, yeah, we dated, but we were like, we need to spend some time out of the Bible college bubble before we get into like any serious commitments here. So we were both very committed to that. But Jason still says, he's like, yeah, my only regret is that we just didn't get married sooner. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But we tried to be smart. But yeah, cool. So would you say going to Bible college was worth it? Like, was it helpful for you, Andrea? Because I know there's some people that are watching. Maybe they've got kids or maybe they're teens that are watching and they're like, yeah, people talk about Bible college. Is it really worth it? What would you say about that? I would say it's definitely worth it. Um, the, the Mount Carmel feel was just like a one-year program and it was really like tight community, lots of service work. And it really, like, I was shook. Like the first... I, I don't know, part of the semester, I'm just like, I am learning about different angles to theology that I didn't even know existed. And mm-hmm. so tons of questions. And it was a small enough environment that I could, the profs would like, I'm, I have like one of those faces that just shows everything. So they're like, Andrea, how you doing? I'm like, I'm having a meltdown because I don't even know about this. So good conversations and some clarity and um, just different angles. And um, PRBI was good in a different way. It was good. I think um, scholastically, it, it, it pushed me for sure. Um, and it, and it made me more aware of what my giftings were. I remember doing my grad speech and what actually, the, I don't know if he was a president at the time, but one of the profs came up and was like, Andrea, you are a gifted speaker. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Like, meanwhile, that seed was it planted in my heart for now. Um, and just the different relationships. It was really good for me to be in the dorm. Um, I'd never, I didn't have any sisters. So people coming to your room to ask for clothes was like, what are, why are you saying this? What is happening? <laughs> so new, good, good, important lessons to learn there too. So definitely worth my time. Yeah, I agree. I, I loved my Bible college years and yeah, they were just, and I actually had the similar thing, Andrea, because I did public speaking class for the first time and I was very nervous because this, you know, little small town girl that lives out in the country with her five siblings that doesn't get out a whole lot is all of a sudden having to public speak in a strange place with a whole bunch of strangers. And I remember I was very scared, but I remember my prof too, he was like, you're really good at this. And I was like, really? And so I thought maybe this is what I should do. And I actually enjoyed it. I, I found I enjoyed it. So that's cool. So here we are both. We both we laughed about this before we hit record because we're both like, yeah, we both like to talk. We're both good at talking. So this conversation <laughs> is going to be really fun. Cool. So you have some like we're talking kind of a context here, but you have like once you got married, things kind of changed for you. And it wasn't because you got married, but it was just some timing. So can you tell us about like how your life changed? Because you had a chronic kind of an illness. Can you tell us about that? Um, I always... I struggle to remember the when of it because it just kind of was a gradual thing, but it was around, I think it was either our, actually our first anniversary or our second wedding anniversary that at that point we knew I had significant health issues. Um, I would get up in the morning and have a shower and then just be like, I have to go back to bed. Like I can't walk. Um, we would, I'd gone from st- being able to stand in church to, to not being able to stand during singing and have to sit down. And that's crazy uh, for you, sorry, yeah. but because you were always like bubbly and, and talking and walking and moving and like you were, you know, you move your head and, and like that's, you're moving it now, but that's kind of how you were. And so I, to think of you as like, oh, I have to sit down and I, like, that seems odd to me. Yeah. yeah. Something's definitely wrong. It was wrong. really odd. Like it was, and I mean, Calvin and I, we, yeah, we'd bike around on the little town, Stony Plain we lived in and we'd like, let's go check out that baseball. Let's play some volleyball. Like let's be active. Right. Um, so to go from that, I was walking 45 minutes to school to work back and forth at the school I was working at. And all of a sudden it was just like, I don't, I don't, I can't do that. Like, how am I going to get to work? Like just learned about conserving energy and actually, um, I'd have, they were, they looked a lot like strokes 
but it would feel like someone was choking me and then um, I would struggle to breathe and then everything would just go limp. So for everybody else, when you get tired, it's like, I feel tired. And my body would be like, I would be like, I feel tired. And then a little bit, I feel tired. And then my body just shut down. Like I couldn't talk. I couldn't move my limbs. So Calvin would have to carry me out of events. And oh. it was, it was a, it was a nightmare, honestly, the, especially that first chunk when we were just like, what is happening? And trying to get in to see specialists and people not really seeing any, nothing wrong. Therefore um, me doing the whole mental part of chronic illness. I'm just like, is this all in my head? And how, why would I do this to myself? And what do I do about it? And mm. Yeah. Yeah. So then what happened? How did you, because I know you're not still like that. You're able to walk and stuff and you did my 21 day challenge. And it was interesting because when you did my 21 day challenge, you were, you know, posting in the group and you were just really engaged and really active and really joyful about it. And I don't think I realized why you were so joyful. I thought, oh, she's just really exuberant. You know, this is exciting. But for you to be able to do this 21 day challenge where you're working out, that would have been a lot different than maybe the average person that goes through that. Can you kind of tell me like, how did you, how did you get out of that? Let's start there. How did you, so you were in this, this place where you could do almost nothing as far as being physically active and stuff. And now you can do a 21 day challenge and work out. How did you get here? Uh, Wow. Well, that was, well, it was a pretty much in total, I would say my chronic illness was about 15 years long. So at the very beginning, it was learning about symptoms and, and then learning to manage symptoms. And then we actually moved back here to Sexsmith. Cal went to school. We had to decide, are we doing kids or not? Because this is crazy. Um, and we really had no diagnosis. I remember going to a um, doctor and asking for a wheelchair because I'm like, I just, I need fresh air. And by the time I get outside, <laughs> I'm, I have, I can't walk. And he's like, I'm not giving you a wheelchair. You just, you'll just have to keep like, if I do, you will stay in it. And so I was so mad, (laughs) but it was such, I'm so glad he did. I'm forever grateful because I, it was true. And so I do the little bits that I could do. And then we learned to balance, we learned my, we learned my triggers. So eventually I would know, okay, well, if I'm hungry, I could have a spell. So I won't be hungry. If I um, get too excited, I have a spell. So we just got to stay mellow or plan an exciting thing and then downtime. And so we just really learned how to navigate triggers well um, and I would go up and down. So I'd have like, oh man, I had a good week. And then whatever would happen and it would flip on me. So we just did that dance for years and years and could, we'd look into doctor stuff and then we'd pull away and then we'd try a different supplement and then we'd pull away. And then eventually um, Calvin took me to Mexico actually. And I did a 21 day treatment there with chelation and stuff. And we had, we made some headway there, discovered that I had a candida overgrowth so went on a really strict diet of taking everything out and then putting things in. And that was really helpful in um, just being actually in that clinic. It was really helpful because I actually was allowed to be sick. Mm. <laughs> it was like the first time it was like, yep, you had a condition. And I was so weak from getting there and borders and everything that the doctor took one look at me and was like, you are going to be in a wheelchair while you're here. And I'm like, Except for I couldn't make facial expressions because I take energy. Um, oh. But uh, he he just said, he's like, you do not have energy to go back and forth. Like, it will burn up all that every day. And so so I was, I'm a little bit stubborn. And so I, I did the wheelchair thing. And then eventually 
in a few days, I was able to walk around. So people are like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, it's a miracle. Like, well, it's like, yeah. And it's also that I have rested a ton. So yeah, learn to navigate triggers. Um, 2015, my, well, and learned what things I loved in life. That was something that I had to really discover because um, you have to save energy for what works. And then so eventually I had someone clean our house so that I could go help out with Awana. Um, We did decide to have kids. That was a huge risk. We'd heard that people said, well, sometimes your everything resets and life is awesome. Um, That was not the case for me. I I did pretty good during pregnancy, but when kids came, then I had spells, which was still makes me cry. Um, Remembering my toddler bringing me a blankie and I was like legit, like had just called my friends before a spell because I was trapped on the floor. Um, And my dad running through town to come to get to me because I had three toddlers under the age of whatever. And uh, so really traumatic things have happened. Um, I I got really depressed and um, I had suicidal thoughts and, and then was able to actually get help for that and learn a lot of things. And so how did you get help um, for that? How did you get help for that? I, well, well, first it was about acknowledging that it was happening, right? I went to, a, I was at some kind of a conferency thing and did a little questionnaire and I was so happy when I failed. That sounds crazy, but I was, cause it was actually information. Like it was actually hard evidence that something was wrong with me at that point. Doctors hadn't, couldn't help me. They just would always be excited to help me and then be like, I don't know. Good luck. You're fine. And I'm like, that's the part where I can't walk out of your office. But anyway, and so it was just like, okay, it was hap- I was just happy to have hard evidence to say I have a problem. And then um, I told some people and then uh, my sister-in-law was like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to talk to my doctor. I'm going to get some medicine. And so I did do anti- had antidepressants and it was really crazy still for the first bit. And then as those started to do their work, I was able to gain tools. And for me, that looked like actually learning to feel, learning to let myself be where I was at without fearing that I was in trouble. Um, and so that was a whole, whole journey there. And yeah, I think that was basically the bottom line of it was really just to be like, you're allowed to feel how you feel. What will you do with it? And, um, you're allowed to let people into that pain. I did get some counseling too. And then eventually I was like, I think I have the things I need to, to move forward this. And part of it was like just coping techniques. Like if I have a really bad day, a bed day, um, that even in those 15 minute increments where I can be up to use it, to write a letter to somebody or use it to bless someone else. And that would fill me up and, and help dissipate thoughts of just like, well, I'm, I'm just a drain on my family, blah, blah, blah. And I had to really come to the place um, a different sister-in-law, bless their souls, uh, had said to me, Andrew, when you take care of you, you're taking care of your family. Cause there was a lot of mom guilt, right? Like I wasn't being the mom I wanted to be. And so that was definitely really, really tough. And then in 2015, um, my brother died, my oldest brother, Byron, and life was crazy. And it was interesting. He died from cancer and he, um, near the end for the last few months of his life, he was paralyzed basically from, I don't know, from the chest down. And, uh, but before, right before that happened, we had their family day. It was a family day in February and we actually made the trip to them 
and he was Mr. He is like Mr. Sanguine Pants, very excited, always wanted adventures. And so we kind of went on, I kind of think of it as our final adventure. Um, and we went through the city and blah, blah, blah. But his energy was just way different at that point. And little did we know it was like his last month and a half at home. And um, his energy had changed. And I was like, I will be strong because this is with my brother and I don't care. <laughs> so my stubbornness helped me out. And of course we got down into the dead, like the center of Calgary and we're trying to wander around with all these kids and all the people. And my energy is just like dropping out of the bottom. Like, and we have to get up the set of stairs. So meanwhile, him and I are like creeping up these stairs, trying to get to the next level. And it was a really connecting moment. Cause he looked at me and he's just like, Andy, he's like, this is what you've been doing for like a long time. And I just, I never knew. And it was just really, it was validating to have a family member be able to have a glimpse at what it was like to go from, this is what my heart wants to do, but this is what my body will let me do. And so God used that, my my struggle just to give us some really sweet moments in those last um, few months that we shared. And then ironically, his his wife was the one who um, introduced me to get gut health supplements that have, I eventually was brave enough to try and um and they've changed my life it didn't take it took I don't know I would say maybe th three months I started noticing weird good things <laughs> I'd be like oh man I didn't bring a snack and I'd be panicking I'm like I actually don't think I need a, I don't think I need to bring snacks anymore like it was really weird I remember going to the superstore for the first time without brain fog and being just like whoa okay so everything isn't blurry and like dense and like attacking you <laughs> in this place like it was like a light and and then the the tipping point I think was about basically about a full year after taking those supplements um it was football season so we have like three boys and a girl so we got football players and it was busy busy and driving at evening was just like yeah right for me and meanwhile Calvin was supposed to drive the kids and he couldn't and so I was like okay well I I was just in town already but yeah I guess I could go more time and he's like are you sure and I'm like yeah I'm sure what do you mean am I sure of course I'm sure he's like Andrea he's like you haven't this is not normal for like 15 years this is would never have been even a possibility so I'm just checking I'm like oh right that's true and so that is, has been the extent of the change in my life so yeah when I got to do when I get to exercise which is now always um, I, it just makes, it makes me cry pretty often and, or not often, but there's different tipping points. Where I'm like, wow, I can do that. And then when I, even doing your challenge and being able to learn uh, every, pretty much every time I'm like, I don't think I can do that one. That one was a little crazy. Um, mm -mm. And, and then I'm like, Andrew, just try it. And so I'm, I try it and actually be able to do it. I'm like, I am a rock star. I can do that too. So <laughs> which ones made you feel the most like a rock star, which moves, which ones, made? um, being able to do like that T plank. I'm like, oh yeah. Who can like rotate your arm up? Ah. I can. And like go from crab to bear. I'm like, yes. Oh, yeah. Anyway. That's awesome. Good. Yeah. And I think, I think that like it's like when I hear your story, I'm just like, man, like that is such an important part of your life. That's a long time. Did you say 15 years? Yeah. 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 Wow. So basically, so like, like the whole, yeah, that's crazy. But how long have you been? better and are you fully better would you say good question um i have been better i i usually mark it at 2000 march 2017 so i have been better for about three years 
Mm. Um, and as far as will it last forever? Um, I will keep taking those supplements and I will, um, keep doing, I guess I'm just thinking proactive, not necessarily preventative because that seems a little bit depressing, <laughs> but yes, preventative. So, um, making sure that, yeah, I take the 21 day challenge and really have the building blocks in place for me because, um, my passion, desire, dream is that when my kids have their kids, that I can be the active grandma that maybe I couldn't be as active when I was a mom, but it sure is worth it to have like our youngest. He wrote me a, his mother day card and was just like, thanks for being active with me, mom. And I'm just like, oh. mm. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I don't know if it's forever, but I will enjoy now. Um, and interesting that you said that, cause I hurt my back just right at the very end of the 21 day challenge. And I was just like, this is not happening. Like I'm a finisher. Like you do not, you do not, mm. it's one thing to not start, but like you do not stop on day 18. Like, mm. <laughs> so I'm like, I had so many feelings and triggers because of chronic illness, right? Um, and because it was my back and weird. How did you hurt yeah. your back? What did you do to hurt your back? I emptied the dishwasher. Never again will I do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hire that uh, out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I bent over and something like, and I'm like, oh, okay. And it's, it's better now. I'm going to go to physio and just make sure I get some back. I just want some back strengthening exercises that he gives me so that I can just make sure we got our done handled. But anyways, I had to go from like these intense, good workouts to like, I will go try to walk my driveway without crying. And, Mm. um, and so that was really hard mentally, but it was really good too, because it kind of, um, exercise now that I can do it has kind of become a strong suit versus um the mindset work right like whereas when i was struggling so much with my chronic illness like mindset was everything like you will you will you will commit suicide if you do not have your mindset in place and so because of the work that you had done carla and your emails i was just like oh my goodness like this as i i god was able to help me tweak it in that in that evening of just like panic it's just like andrea you this is an opportunity like are you this is where you can really focus on eating properly where you can really focus on choosing to have the mindset that says, even if um, I cannot work out as hard as I want to, I I can still work out. And that was a big deal, even with my chronic illness. Once I had all four of our kids, I had weight to lose and um, joined Weight Watchers. And I remember standing up in the thing and being like, so I have chronic illness and blah, blah, blah. And so exercise is hard to be consistent because some days I can get out of bed, sometimes I can't. And part of me just wanted them to validate, like, you don't really have to, it's fine. <laughs> and they didn't. And that was such a gift because they're just like, you can, you can do stuff you can do sitting down. So that also helped me last week when all of a sudden I hit a roadblock. I'm like, Andrew, you can always exercise. As long as you have breath, you can exercise. Mm. And so that was, yeah, an important, I don't know, tool I gleaned along the way. <laughs> yeah. I love that you said that because I think like, I always tell people that they're like, oh, but I have knee problems or, oh, but I'm too busy or, oh, but I have this or I'm too old or I'm too whatever. And I'm like, can you move your arms? Yeah. Can you walk? Yeah. You can exercise, you know, or even if you can't walk, you know, you can sit and lift your legs and there's things. And I've actually done like a fitness for the older adult certification. So I, you know, everybody's sitting like they're all older and they're sitting in chairs and they're, we're doing workouts and we're batting with a little noodle. We're batting the balloon around. Like there's always stuff you can do. Right. So yeah. So that's kind of, uh, that's cool that you said that. So what I'd like, cause there's people that are listening that are struggling with chronic mm-hmm. illness right now. And there's people even like that I've talked quite a few people that I've talked to that maybe they have 
different conditions that prevent them from doing what they want. Maybe they have rheumatoid arthritis. Maybe they have fibromyalgia. Maybe they have different things, and they're just, like, so frustrated. And I have an absolute rock star in my fitness classes. She comes. She's got rheumatoid arthritis, and she just does what she can. And some days are better. Some days are not better. She has good weeks, bad weeks. But she just, like, keeps coming and keeps showing up and doing what she can. So what would you say to somebody like her or somebody, you know, somebody else who maybe just says, like, I'm so frustrated. I'm so depressed about this because I know you've been there, Andrea. Yeah. What would yeah. you say to them? I would say, first of all, I'd say you're totally normal and you're allowed to feel that way. Um, and then I would also say, but I'd also say carefully because I know people give advice and you just want to punch them in the face. <laughs> I'd like to not get punched in the face. Um, I think the other thing I would say is that there is, there's still hope. There is so much life that you can live with the condition you have. And I think sometimes um, I actually say with it, with my ministry that I do with freedom, I'm like, there's myths about freedom that we have. And one of them is that if I have my health, then I can have freedom. And it's like, no, actually, um, we're actually designed to have freedom, no matter what we are facing. And that's what I actually talk about my book, Experiencing Freedom Amid the Chaos of Life. And yeah, that is grief. And that is chronic illness. So for those who are struggling with chronic illness, I would say find some support, find groups connect with me on my website, Facebook page, whatever. I'd love to talk to you. Where's your website? Um, Can you just give them your website quick? Sure. Um, www.andreafairfehr.com. Um, yeah. And then if you find me on Facebook, you can look me up as um, Flying Free Ministries. But yeah, I just honestly did a whole se segment on um, freedom while having chronic illness. And I interviewed some beautiful warriors. And so, yeah, hop on my Hop on my website and snag some free resources there. But there is definitely um, the need to persevere and the need to believe that you still have purpose, even though life doesn't look how you thought it would. But there's also the reality that you have to grieve what has been lost so that you can move forward. For me, when I when my brother passed away, I promised him that I would um, get some counseling afterwards. I got I hired a grief recovery specialist and we did some coaching and I was totally thinking that it would it would take me to dealing with fire and stuff and and just releasing him more fully and yet um in the in the process of the journey my health kept on coming up like again and again and again at that time I wasn't healed right and uh I was so mad because I'm like I am dealing with my brother my brother matters more than me I just want to focus on this and it was just actually funny now that I think of it but I really had to, I really had to grieve my, my health loss before I could move on to his loss. Mm -hmm. And that was powerful. So I would really love to connect with anybody who's interested in something like that, or just would need more information on that because there is there, it's, there's a powerful thing becoming once I became friends with my body and actually worked through my gratitude of like, thank you for letting me give birth to my children. Mm -hmm. Thank you for when it feels like someone's choking me, I'm having an episode. I actually am still breathing. Thank you for, you know, like, like your body does so much for you all the time, but it wasn't until I actually could forgive it for the things it couldn't do and um, accept that, I don't know, and, and just honestly acknowledge all that it does do that I became friends with it. And then I think it's really shifted in the sense that instead of being mad at a portion of who I am, which is part of my, my body is part of who I am. Right. Um, I was able to, work with it, right? And then you're not fighting your triggers all the time. You're embracing that, oh, today is a bad day. That means these are the three things I do mm. and different strategies that you can develop. Can you show us the title of your book? Do you have your book there? Can you just hold it up? 
I love yeah. the title. So from freaking out to flying free. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you were, you were freaking out. There was times where you were absolutely freaking out. Right. You betcha. Yeah. You betcha. Still is. And that's the thing, the be- that's the thing about my book that I always, actually at the beginning when I was writing it, I was like, I can't write this title, like freaking out to flying free. People are going to assume that I never freak out as I'm freaking out, which is so, anyway. Um, <laughs> but the beautiful thing is that um, when I decided to write my book, it was on, it's about freedom. And I was just like, okay, like, I was never going to write a book unless God specifically said write a book. And then he did. And then I was like, hey, whoa, that was creepy. Don't do that. And then I was like, okay, well, now that you have, what am I writing on? He's like, freedom. And I'm like, are you serious? That's crazy. That's huge. It's what? And then I started thinking about my life. And at that time, I was still, I was, I didn't know I was at the end. Where was, I guess it would have been just about my first year into my supplement. So I was kind of like, this is really working. I wonder when the wheels are going to fall off. Mm. And uh, so I started writing my book and then I started thinking through my life and I'm like, oh yeah, you've been teaching me this framework that always leads me back into freedom, whether it's in my parenting or in my personal, like in my own self-care, soul care. Um, and so I'm like, I guess that's what I should share with people. So my my book is a framework that helps people no matter what what they're facing in life to work through that in a, in a healthy way and a way that develops your self-awareness and also the, uh, just, there's so many tools out there that are available to us that God's provided. And that's what I'm passionate about. Anyways, I think I got off topic. No, that's good. (laughs) That's good. And I think it's so neat because right now, as you're talking, Andrea, all of a sudden, all these things are going to my head. Okay. So Mm -hmm. the fact that I was there for you when you wanted to do the 21 day challenge, and you Mm -hmm. said that the emails that I sent, like some of that mindset stuff was helping Mm -hmm. you. Well, what you just said, talking about freedom, the last three people that I have um, interviewed, and and I don't know when these guys are like, they're going to come live. So it may not be like in, in series. But the last three people all talked about freedom. (laughs) And so I didn't even necessarily plan to specifically talk about freedom with you because I was like, well, we'll talk, you know, we'll mention your book, but we're not going to go into it a whole bunch. But like the last three people, and that has been something that I've been struggling with my life lately, like struggling with different things where I feel kind of trapped. And I'm like, freedom, like this is, yeah. So I want to read your book for sure, Andrea. I got to get a copy of that. Or maybe, is it on Audible? Because I would rather listen to it. I don't read very well. It is not yet on Audible. Audible. Sorry, that is a dream that will be in process eventually. Well, I will discipline myself to sit down and read it. Or maybe I will walk (laughs) as I read it. I have a really hard time sitting still. This is a stretch for me doing these podcasts, to be honest. I don't like to sit still for too long. But it's good for me to practice it anyways. Um, So yeah, so when it comes to freedom then, what does that look like? So somebody's like, okay, well, Andrew's talking about freedom. So she feels better now. That's really great. But I don't feel better, you know. So maybe they feel better. Maybe they don't feel better. But, like, what is freedom? What is it to you? And that is, I love that. The reality of that, yeah, freedom isn't about our feelings. Freedom is a gift that we have been given. And it's it's based in who we are in Christ. I'm a woman of faith. So for me, um, my freedom comes from God. Uh, I just did an interview with a different author and she was talking about um, there was in her, one part of her life. She had like an immature freedom, like, yeah, I can do whatever I want. And then she had like a skewed freedom, perceived freedom, where she's, it was even more so that way of just like, oh yeah, these are things I want to do. Therefore I'm going to do them. And then she, it didn't work. And eventually she's like, freedom really has, I found it in, in living out under the parameter of what God has for me. And so for me, freedom is acknowledging whose I am 
and then allowing him to align out my freakouts with the truth. So being able to say, okay, I'm panicking about this. Why am I doing that? What's the, what's behind that? What does he have for me? So in my world, for every freedom, for every um, freakout, there is a freedom for every there's a freedom builder. And so I go through about, I don't know, 15 different freedom builders of like, okay, so this is what we can reach for, even though our mode of operation is usually fear or anger or whatever. And so I think for a person with who's facing chronic illness or grief or any of those things, the, the first step, and actually it's the first step in um, the framework is to just really charge up and to learn what, what does that look like for you? And how do you charge up? And is that working? Like for me, like, well, yeah, I say that I love Jesus, but if I'm hanging out more with my nachos and my Netflix, is that really my foundation? Like, and so I think it's about learning what our foundation is and then leaning into it. And mm-hmm. for me, that is leaning into my, my creator and trusting that, yeah, he's made me to some have a chronic illness and I don't know why and I don't like it, but I also know that he's been redeeming it and redeeming it and redeeming it. So anything I have to face, what the death of my brother, like, hello, absolutely brutal. Um, Suicidal thoughts, not fun. Um, He's used those as platforms for greater and better things. And sometimes people stop me and they're like, don't, is this too much for you? You don't want to, that's maybe making you dig too deep. I'm like, no, no, no. When I get to share my story, it is um, getting to share of how he's redeemed my story. So for those who are like, I want freedom, but I don't think I can have it. Go to my website, Click on three myths we believe about freedom. It's a free little video and it tells you the three things that can be holding you back from what is already yours. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing what you just said because I've been thinking about this and I've been struggling and just again, and I already know this, Andrea, like I learned at a Bible college, I learned it at a church, I learned it at Sunday school, I learned it at the Christian school, like I've had it all my life, so I have no excuse, but mm-hmm. just like... Yeah, I can spend all my time on my business. I can spend all my time, you know, doing stuff with my husband, my kids. Like, oh, I got to get this all straight. But why am I still struggling? Oh, wait a sec. Maybe that little token two minutes in the morning of spending with God, maybe that's not enough, Carla. Maybe you need to spend a little bit more time with God in the Word, in prayer. Maybe that would help. And you know what? Like, that's what I'm doing now, Andrea. Like, I've been journaling and just, like, getting back to what I need to do. Because if you have a friend, whether, you know, you got to spend time with them. And uh, if I'm not spending time with God, but I'm sort of hoping that he'll just kind of tack on his love and grace to me and I'll just kind of feel his presence and it'll all be great. Like, no, like I can't, I can't push him out and expect him. Like he will still keep coming after me to help me. He's not going to totally abandon me, but it's going to be pretty hard for me to have that fellowship with him and that real feeling of freedom when I'm just not giving him the time, you know? And I think it has to do also with um, if we trust him. Like for me, I think God was kind of like out there. Mm. And then my first year of Bible school, a prof was like, do you let me talk to you about grace? And I was like, I've heard about that. I know that. Yep. But I wasn't living within grace. And mm. so that was a huge epiphany for me because then it went from like God's out there to like he got a little closer. And then when I faced my chronic illness stuff, then God had to be this close <laughs> and I had to just be like, why am I in bed? Like have my rants at, at God and have learned how to listen to him mm-hmm. so that I could actually come to the place where when horrible things happen, like my brother dying and watching him slowly die, um, I, I was okay because I, I, that, that, that memory even is so cushioned in God's presence. And I don't know if I would have had that had it happened earlier in life. 
because mm-hmm. I I was growing. Yeah, in my relationship with God, I was I was learning how to fight with God when things, and that it was okay for me to just be like, I do not like this, and you better stop it, and you know, and and get all be able to feel and express that to the Creator, which is insane. But He totally lets us and invites us. Psalm sixty two, and once that once I used that freedom builder in my life then I had freedom when facing tragedy and mm. I just, that just blows my mind. But I just think I teach people, I told my kid the other day, he broke his leg in June. Uh. <laughs> and so it's he's super active. And I'm like, have you had your fight with God yet? And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you should probably have a fight with God. Cause it just really helps. He's <laughs> like, okay, mom. But anyways, it just, it is so true. I like that you're saying have that fight with God because I've had to do that too. Because often it's like, well, we don't go to God because if we do, we're just going to be angry. So we better just not go to him because he's, Mm -hmm. he's, he's, you know, he's going to reject us. He's not going to appreciate that. We have to go to him humbly with our hands folded and, you know, sweet and and innocent. And it's like, no, actually you have to go to God and say, why is this happening? What's going on? And just like have that fight and get it out and then be like, okay, now I'm going to be able to receive his grace. And I think really... It's, it's really wise for you to say that because I think until you get to that point where you can really hash it out, I think that, yeah, you, you're just, you're not going to go to God. You're not going to be able to accept his, his grace and forgiveness because you're not going to be able, to, you'll still have these sort of barriers in your mind of like hostility to God and like pushing him out. I think you just have to like let him in and just get gritty and yeah. 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 It's, that's been my story for sure. And I know, I think it's more familiar if people really have that genuine walk with God. I think there usually is a part in that story where they have had to really just let themselves be themselves in his presence. And it's like, Mm. it's not like it's a shock to him. right? Yeah. We always kind of think like somehow he doesn't really know this about me. It's like, well, yeah, he made you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't wait to get your book. So we're going to wrap it up there because everything that you said was amazing. But is there any last words that you would say, Andrea? To anybody maybe who's struggling with pain or anything, or, or do you think you've covered it? Um, the word that comes to mind is hope. I remember being at a friend's house and struggling probably with fire and my health stuff, and I was just done. And for some reason, I, I kicked a rock and I said, stupid hope, which sounds ridiculous. But I heard myself and I thought, wow, that is really dark. <laughs> like, because if we're going to throw out hope, then we're hooped, Right. And really, that's when I when I made my descent into um, suicidal thoughts. That's what I'd done was I'd thrown out hope. And so, for anyone who is struggling, and those of you who are in pain, my heart just goes out to you because pain is just a whole different beast. But I just encourage you to not let go of hope because hope there is hope. There's still hope. We don't know what the next chapter is. We don't know what the next thing we try is the supplement I tried. I was like, I did not know. I watched a testimonial and I was like, maybe And I was scared to hope because my hope had been crushed so many times. And yet I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this risk one more time. So I just encourage you to take that risk. Maybe it is to see a counselor. Maybe it is to see a coach. Maybe it is to sign up for 21 day challenge, but just do that nudge that is in your heart to do because it's probably connected to hope and yeah, just don't let go of that. And make sure you have people in your life who will help you not let go of it too. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. So um, where do people find, like where's the best place for people to connect with you? So if they want to hear more about your supplements or they want to get a copy of your book or just hear some of these interviews that you've been doing and stuff, where's the best place, Andrea, for them to go? My my website is the best place. Yeah, www.andreafair.com. So F-E-H-R, all lower caps. Okay. And yeah. That's all there. Is where you can get some free resources and more information and 
Yeah. Cool. I'd love to connect with anyone. <laughs> yeah. Good. Thank you so much, Andrea, for, for sharing. I just really, really appreciate this. Thank you, Carla. It's been a treat. <laughs> I trust this episode has encouraged and inspired you, and I hope it stirred a desire in you to connect with your everyday Savior and His everyday freedom even more. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to connect with me on any of my social media platforms. You can find the details for those in the description of this episode. Feel free also to leave a review, and I will connect with you next week on the Freedom Now podcast, a place for you to find hope, laughter, and encouragement as you grow in freedom in every area of life. 